Hey, Jimmy. Hello, Tyler. All right, Jay is uh, is is uh, taking a sabbatical this week, uh, so the illustrious uh, Jimmy Dykstra is back with us. So, and it's an it's a movie a podcast. Uh, Jay tends to uh, not be as, quite as excited <laughs> about the movie stuff as we are, and so he has graciously said, "Why don't you guys do that one?" We're today we're going to talk about the uh, our top ten winter movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think cut all that out. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tyler. Uh, I'm Jimmy. And this is Rubbing the Pastor. Again, with, without Fair J, uh, to go through some winter movies. So, uh, again, um, I reached out to Jimmy and said, like, because we were we were actually kind of lacking in some Christmas content. I was like, hey, Christmas, we should mm-hmm. do top ten Christmas movies. And we haven't had a Jimmy movie. Uh, Jimmy kind of comes on for a couple things, but often our movie episodes. And yeah. uh, and uh, we haven't had a movie episode in a while. And I reached out to Jimmy and said, hey, top 10 Christmas movies. He said, I don't like Christmas movies. <laughs> Which is funny now that I'm going to be the one with Christmas movies on my list. Yep, yeah, yeah, So Well, I just... Yeah, well, well, Jimmy suggested winter movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then I come up with winter movies that don't include A combination movies. of yeah. both, yeah. I think. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just... I, yeah, I don't really need to rewatch Elf or uh, the old cartoons every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't really need to rewatch many of these movies you hate every nostalgia. year. Nostalgia, I understand that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big nostalgia guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I very much am. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is, I mean, I'm uh, 27 years old. Uh, I gotta be around the peak of taking yourself a little too seriously in life. Oh yeah, you're definitely at the, yeah. uh, so the level. That's where yeah. I'm at right now. Uh, yeah. To all the listeners who uh, enjoy and love uh, Christmas traditions and movies, uh, I'm glad. I'm sure I will again one day, probably if I have <laughs> kids, that'll change my opinion on a lot of this stuff. Uh, but I don't, uh, and so this is what I like: uh, is uh, movies that. Or I don't know, too serious. That are sad. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Not so all my movies are sad. The end result is that we have we both have ten movies. We both have more than ten movies, but we both have kind of like whittled it to yeah. to ten that I'll form into a, a ranking. I don't necessarily have them ranked one to ten, but I have them more or less ranked. I'll figure them out. Yeah. Um, and what we realized before this, we went out to lunch, got some banh mi. It was lovely. And we both realized that the one problem is that immediately we're going to remember a bunch of movies that that are winter based movies that we forgot. Yeah, we uh, didn't take uh, when we do the the decades list, mm-hmm. uh, our decades podcasts, where we talk about the best movies of the, we, a we decade. Spend, we spend months. Yeah, I said because we 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 he just he asked me, you know, well, if you don't like Christmas movies, should we do another decade? I said, no, I need like months to prepare. Yeah, yeah, because I want to rewatch all of them. So take two th- thousands is going to come in May. We'll yeah. get you that one. <laughs> best of the two birthday gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our top. Without further ado, we'll jump into our top ten. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you go first? Because yours is more ranked, and then I'll figure it yeah. out. Boy, this is and exciting. So what I what I would say is this: if we have ones that overlap, then I will I will note it, but then swap it out with one of my because I probably okay. got twenty five on this list. Yeah, I mean, I have a, 10, I'm in so. the twenties uh, and some Christmas. And so, and so we could, yeah, if we if we have a match, we'll we'll swap it. 
So I think my criteria for what I was saying was that uh, I want to watch this movie in during winter. Um, and that can be, I think there'll be Christmas movies on here that are specifically the month of December is when I want to rewatch this movie. And there are others that uh, I want to rewatch in January, February, mm-hmm. which in which Christmas or not Christmas is over and winter is tough yeah. and uh, bleak. And so we'll get into that yeah. and why those movies do it. But for now, uh, number 10, uh, speaking of rom-coms, uh, a holiday classic, it's The Holiday. Oh, I have not seen The Holiday. I almost oh. watched The Holiday last night. There. Well, that and would have been really funny if you I did. I know. It would have been very funny. Instead, I watched Serendipity. Okay. Which is uh, another Christmas movie. I have no idea. The first, like, ten minutes of it is. Yeah, it's fine. But The Holiday is a Nancy Myers movie uh, okay, okay. S- starring Jack Black and Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz uh, and my number one boy, Jude Law. Judy Law. Jude Law. Yeah. Love, love Jude Law. And uh, this is very much a Christmas movie, very much the... Uh, you know, two couples uh, falling in love uh, in the holiday season, as the title as the title says. Very important movie to my mother, uh, and uh, I think most uh, a lot of women in my life. And I would very much recommend if you like a good uh, rom com and you have not seen The Holiday, uh, it's delightful. It's really, it's That's really nice. They, it's really they, sweet. Like, swap homes. In yeah, they. Um, uh, Kate Winslet lives in a little cottage in uh, England, and Cameron Diaz is in a nice fun house in LA and they swap for the holiday season and then they you know meet men in there they get their group back lives. is that Stella got her group back yeah that's, that's how Kate got her group back mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh Jack Black I mean I don't uh you know I don't know what in what world Jack Black and Kate Winslet end up together but uh gives me hope you know <laughs> what else did Nancy Myers do uh she wrote uh something's gotta give she's wrote um oh the father of the bride movies so, uh the parent trap um the intern no not the intern something's got to give the yeah. one with uh, alec baldwin and, and uh oh it's, it's complicated that he is, also did that she too. did that yeah, is okay. alec baldwin meryl okay. streep and c Martin. something's got to give is uh diane keaton and jack yeah. nicholson there we go there we love go. there we go love yep. something's gonna give yep, yep. that's a great one yeah so shout out to nancy myers all, all i recommend all nancy myers movies they're all delightful i love it okay my Number 10, fresh, <laughs> fresh off my list. My number 10 is uh, Bong Joon-ho's Snowpiercer. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. His, his one English language movie. It's the one for before uh, Parasite. Oksha is mostly English. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Oksha. Okay. Um, but before Parasite, it was the one that most people okay. knew him from. Uh, yeah, I, I still haven't seen Oksha. Even, even good. Yeah. That's where uh, Gyllenhaal's crazy in that movie, right? <laughs> That's the only movie Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> Jake is uh, Gyllenhaal's a little crazy in it. <laughs> uh, no, the the uh, you can you can pick different icons on your Netflix profile for like what you want, and they're based on like various Netflix <laughs> yeah. properties. And for whatever reason. That's one of the possibilities. So I just have uh, Jill and Hall making a crazy face from that movie, and I've never seen the movie. It's but good. every time I log into uh, into into Netflix, I see Jake Jill and Hall being nuts. Uh, Snowpiercer w- has since been turned into a show that's like okay, um, but uh, starring Dobby Diggs uh, of Hamilton fame, but Jennifer Connelly uh, and Jennifer Connelly uh, of Jennifer Connelly fame, and um, uh, Snowpiercer is actually is starring Chris Evans. This is like right. Uh, before, or I think it was in between the two. Yeah, it's like during Cap the beginning movies. of the Captain yeah. America um, run, and it's after the Avengers. It's twenty thirteen. Yeah, but I think it's before Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, but we see him with a beard, which is the first time that we encounter the Chris Evans with beard, which is very exciting. And the basic premise is that the whole world has frozen, 
in order to combat, and it's based on a graphic novel, but in order to um, combat uh, global warming, we did a thing where we tried to like create like an ozone layer and it was like too productive and it may basically is making the world freeze. And then for whatever reason, everything is, everything died except for this one train that is like solar powered and it just circumnavigates the globe. And it uh, is like a mile long and uh, it's a, it's kind of ridiculous in terms of the science, but then it's just set up as like this perfect class warfare thing. And so the people in the very back are trying to get to the front. And it's very, uh, it's really good and it's really interesting. And it's, um, has a lot of interesting directorial, uh, it was my first exposure to Bong Joon-ho. Mm -hmm. And so like when you see it now, it very much feels like his movie, but you can see how Hollywood was giving him a shot. And, um, and it's interesting that I think that he had a fine experience, but definitely not one that made him want to continue. Like he has kind of gone. Yeah, I mean, Oksha is uh, mostly English yeah. uh, cast. I mean, the main characters are Korean, but obviously Parasite, he went back mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. to great acclaim. Mm -hmm. uh, is great. I really love Snowpiercer. That's a great choice. Uh, one that I forgot. Yeah. Very wintry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good like winter night in and uh, watch some crazy violence in mm -hmm. Snowpiercer. Yeah, it's like it's it's crazy violence. It's a very violent movie. I mean, one would say like hyper violent, but not in a way that's off putting per se. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's not gratuitous on the level for as violent as it is. Yeah, but it also is a little cartoonish. Like it's very much a comic book, yeah. but it's, it's a graphic. It's novel. an incredibly yeah. filmed uh, like. The set pieces, all the action set pieces are yeah. awesome. And uh, it's a ridiculous premise that yeah. is not ridiculous in the movie. Like it, that that to me is one of the best parts of the filmmaking is that even the way I just described it, it kind of sounds silly. Like why a train? Uh, and then just because that's what it is. Like that's yeah. because it's a good mechanism for what we're trying to do with this right, class warfare. Right, because the thing. metaphor of the back of the train to the front of the train and mm -hmm. class warfare mm -hmm. is, is, is obvious and but also works. And, and Tilda Swinton's in it and she is great. I love Tilda this is Swinton. one of the Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton is such a great actress, and she, every once in a while, I think it's in her contract that every fourth movie she makes, she's going to have some weird procedure. Oh, she, I mean, it's like every other movie. Yeah, it was. It is now. She used yeah. to just be more straightforward, but now, it is bonkers, like what she's wearing in that. <laughs> she's out of her mind. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Good at Harris. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but Chris Chris Evans, is, I think, is really good. Chris Evans uh, is, is is fantastic in that, yeah. and that's the first time because that's again his first like post cap movie, and it was the one where I was like, oh yeah, Chris Evans is just like a really charming and good actor, mm -hmm. even separated from this. He is in another one of my movies, as is uh, Alison Pill, who is in this movie as a teacher, yeah, she uh, is. and as a crazy teacher. This is very very interesting. Yeah, so Makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's my number ten, Snowpiercer. Very yes. good, highly recommend. My number nine, uh, sticking with the Christmas theme, which I'm just now so tickled that uh, you don't have any Christmas movies on here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is a movie called Catch Me If You Can uh, oh, by yeah, Steven yeah, yeah. Spielberg. Not tons of Christmas in that one. No, but really I think the main connection and plot uh, hinge on, uh, so Catch Me If You Can, 2002, Steven Spielberg, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, chasing uh leonardo DiCaprio. that's a great movie it it's really a, is it's a great movie it's so good yeah like i i caught off guard by how good that movie is i i it's a because it we were talking earlier about west side story um uh, jimmy just saw it and said it was fantastic and oh yeah uh how um steven spielberg nowadays and i would say nowadays like in the last 25 years 
kind of the majority 80% of the movies he makes is just like this wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for me so he's just like like something like Ready Player One he's like I don't really care about this but here you go Steven Spielberg presents and so he produces movies more than he makes them but every once in a while he'll do Lincoln he'll do Bridge of Spies and Catch Me If You Can is a Mm -hmm. great movie yeah it's endlessly rewatchable Uh, so many like young actors just like briefly appearing very young Amy Adams uh, Ellen Pompeo yeah oh yeah Ellen Pompeo is in that I forget about that Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks doing his goofy Boston accent. Oh, he's Agent great. Hand he, yeah, he's great. <laughs> and Leo being uh, about as charming uh, as he ever... It's the last uh, little kid Le- Leo. Yeah. Before he got grown man body. <laughs> yeah. And so really fun to see him uh, just sort of get to be... To charm everyone into believing him. I mean, he's a con man. But the I think the Christmassy part is the... I mean, you know, classic Spielberg... Uh, Divorced parents, uh, family connection, you know, his dad, Christopher, Christopher Walken, uh, sort of, you know, a bum, doesn't really, uh, you know, doesn't really know how to feel about him. And Tom Hanks is chasing him and he starts getting a connection to Tom Hanks and they start calling each other on every Christmas because uh, he's always alone on Christmas. And that leads to uh, Tom Hanks sort of realizing where he is and what his deal is. Um, and so I think it fits in the December Christmas winter theme for uh the sort of uh connection that comes between the characters and by the end sort of the family that you choose um that leo and tom come together in and so i love it and i mean they sing uh he you know sings songs with amy adams and martin sheen uh, around the christmas time getting mm-hmm. engaged in new orleans that's true that's true so i love catch me if you can i forget martin sheen's in that too yeah that's a great that's a great one has anybody here seen Kelly? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, my number, uh, my number two uh, nine movie is uh, is a movie that we did eighties, right? What did we do? We, we did, did the eighties and the twenty tens. Okay, so this was definitely in my in my eighties, uh, higher on my list than it is in this one, um, because it really is just the first kind of third of the movie. Makes sense. Uh, it's the Empire Strikes Back. There you go. Yeah, uh, just the whole. Hoth sequence, which is probably 25 minutes of the movie. So, I mean, it's it's probably the first quarter of the movie. Um, it's just excellent. And, it, like, I... Because that starts the movie, like, the, and then the rest of the movie is, like, in a swamp or in the sky. So it still mm-hmm. feels cold, like, the whole movie. Yeah, um, it's a chilly... Yeah. Chilly vibes. It is chilly vibes and the bad guys win. Spoiler. Uh, and uh, it's just a great... It's the best of the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. just kind of hands down. Uh, and it's uh, it's just so well made. It's so well acted. It's so well plotted. The screenplay is amazing. It's Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan uh, doing amazing work. Uh, it's Irvin Kirshner coming in as like this workman like director who had just like done TV and stuff, but it was like a teacher at USC. And so he gets the tap and he does this amazing work. And then after that, he did never see never again, which was garbage. So like, he's never, he's never really been great outside of it. And he was like 70 years old when he made this, yep. but it is. And he fought a lot with, uh, uh, Lucas. like Lucas hired him because he's like, Oh, you'll just do what I want. And he's like, no, I'm going to make a good movie. <laughs> and, uh, and so he kind of made his own movie. Uh, and it's, it's just great. It's, um, yeah, it's peak. Uh, it's, it's, uh, part of, I mean, one of the great things about this is that Han Solo has the best role of any of the Han Solo, of any of the movies that Han Solo is in, yeah. and you can see that Harrison Ford is having a blast, 
And Harrison Ford is in a lot of movies where he is not having fun. <laughs> and you can see when Harrison Ford is not having fun, it is not very much fun, unless that's kind of the point. I kind of think it's always fun. I mean, it's always fun to watch Harrison Ford in movies, but most of the movies he's making, he's not having fun in. Uh, but when he is having fun, it's a delight. Like he's having fun in Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, He's having lots of fun in Last Crusade. He's having fun in Working Girl. He's having plenty of fun in Working Girl. He's kind of having, having fun, fun in, in Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah, which Six Days, Seven Nights. I'm a big fan of Six Days, Seven Nights. So, so is Janet. There I, you go. I love Six Days, Seven Nights. <laughs> I think it's like we are, you and my, you and your, me and your mom are the only two people who like that hey, movie. I really like she's it. She's going to be so happy. Oh, I love it. I watch it all the time. Uh, <laughs> it makes me very happy. When he gets mad and he like goes into a bush and just like yells at the bush, that yeah. is very good. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. I love that movie. Um, so much like Six Days, Seven Nights, uh, Empire Strikes Back is just a wonderful movie, and yeah. it's and it's a great and it's that's a great call for winter because especially growing up as a kid, every time it snowed and you'd go outside, I'd yeah. be, I'm on Hoth. You're, yeah, you're I'm playing. always on pretending exactly. I'm on Hoth. And yeah. and to my to the qualifications of my thing, it is it would feel weird to watch that during Christmas because it's not sure. Christmas related other than there's snow outside, but it's a perfect January, February movie. Yes. So like, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be like, why are we watching this other than there's so many Christmas movies? Why are we not watching Christmas movies right now? But like, sure. uh, that one, uh, yeah, it is every time it snows really well, I still feel like I'm on Hoth. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that it's got the, like the snowy like storm, but then also the sunny snowy, like, which is really nice. Like when they go and they find him after the, the yeah, one he's bright. And, like, yeah. There's something so beautiful about bright snow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a sunny day where it's very cold. Uh, yeah. So Empire Strikes Back, my number nine. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. My number eight, uh, is a film by David Fincher. Uh, not the social network. <laughs> Though if you want Oh, is this Oh man. It's the girl with the dragon oh, tattoo. Wow. wow. Yeah. Which which very much fits uh, the bleak uh depressing January, February winter uh when it is cold. What's well, set in what uh it's Netherlands? Set in No. Denmark? S- Scandinavia somewhere yeah, up there. Somewhere. Denmark sounds right actually. Yeah. It's, wherever but the, it's, wherever it's, the movie was made or where the book is from. Sweden? It's uh Norway? Stieg Larsson, wherever he's from. Yeah. Norway, maybe? Yeah, something like Norway that. Sounds... I have not seen it. Oh, okay. I've seen Girl with Dragon Tattoo. It's okay. the only Fincher I haven't seen. First off, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. Fincher, sure is, it is. Fincher is my favorite. Yep. Maybe my favorite director at this point. Uh, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah, based off a book, um, it's about an investigation uh, into a old sort of series of murders, and it stars Daniel Craig, uh, and Rooney Mara and just giving a performance of a lifetime. Um, Christopher Plummer uh, plays the old patriarch of the family. Uh, your boy Skarsgård is in it. Love the Skarsgård. Yes. And it is snowy and cold and a bleak, dark investigation. Um, very, uh, parts of it are very, are, are, are tough to watch um, in terms of violence. But the, there's about the last like hour and a half is just a pure investigation um, in like a house with no heat and just freezing with and as like a buddy cop movie between uh, sort of classic charming Daniel Craig and a very uh, post trauma uh, trying to figure out her life Rooney Mara and it is excellent it is an incredible movie uh it fits the classic fincher serial killer investigation type thing mm-hmm. like seven mm-hmm. and zodiac. zodiac yeah yeah so uh just the perfect sort of uh i've been depressed for two months in february and yeah. i'm gonna lean in a little bit and I like, like feel 
both bad and then excited because I love uh, investigation movies. And the winter, I mean, it's all winter, all snow, all yeah. like trudging around uh, in the cold. A lot of these movies are like pushing the bruise. Um, like mm-hmm. that, that yes. to me is what a lot of the winter, January, February movies are like, it is terrible outside. I want to feel terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It's when you, it's turning on the Smiths, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. It's like the I'm cure. In, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in tonight. Like I'm going to put on the Morrissey cause I'm going to, I have some feelings. Let me, let me make sure I can feel them. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I'm going to feel them all. Yeah. Um, I've got too many, I've got too many, uh, movies. So I'm going to, I'm going to my next one, which I, I can't remember if I said this during the two thousands. We haven't done the 2000s yet. Oh, during the 2010s. I -hmm. might have said this during the 2010s. Charlie Kaufman's. Oh! I'm thinking of ending things. Absolutely. No, it had not come out yet. Okay. I actually think it's a a 2020 movie. It might be. It might be. Yeah, it's certainly 2020. That's a great call. Uh, That is a... uh, Talk about pushing the bruise. That is hitting yourself. (laughs) That is is a masochistic movie uh, to just feel bad. Like, it is... uh, And it's, it's elusive. It is a movie that is... Uh, what I would say is that, it, I mean, it is not concerned with you keeping up. It just assumes that you're going to know what's going on. And so you kind of have to pay attention to it. Like all Charlie Kaufman movies, it is very uh, esoteric and kind of oblique. But what I do like is that if you're paying attention and you do kind of know the there's a couple subtle references in there, um, you'll pick up on what he's trying to do. And um, basically it's this story. And the first 30 minutes of it, uh, it's a, you don't know what's going on, which is great. Like that's, and, and even if you watch the trailer, the trailer doesn't really tell you, you anything. You don't know what's going on in the, the, entire, the movie. entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of get it at the end. Sure. I think I did. Yeah. Like that was the enjoyable thing to me about this movie is that it's kind of like a puzzle. And then at the end, you're either like, what? Or you're like, oh, geez. And I was like, oh, geez, right at the right time. So I, I, it's the kind of movie that you watch and then you immediately go on the internet to have it explained to you. But, what I felt good about, and this is not a brag, although it kind of is a brag. Like I felt like I got it without having to have somebody tell me what it was. And then I went on the internet. I was like, yeah, I knew. Um, but it's the whole first, it starts with just a, a woman being picked up by her boyfriend and there's inner monologue and, she, and it starts off with her saying, I'm thinking of ending things. And she's basically having this inner monologue about how she's being picked up by her boyfriend and they're driving in a car, which you kind of realize they're going to his family's house mm-hmm. for like, the holidays. A, the holidays are just for like a dinner or something. And it's yeah. not even clear that they're, I don't think they're supposed to be staying overnight. Like it's just, they're going to go there for dinner because she doesn't have a bag or anything. But the whole time they're having this really awkward conversation. She's having this inner monologue about how she effectively wants to break up with him mm-hmm. and how like they, they've been dating like a little bit, but not super long. And like, is this appropriate that they're going to see the father, like the parents and like, like she shouldn't have said yes to this. Cause now there's going to be harder to break up with them and all this stuff. And it, and it gets to the point where you start to think, is this whole movie just going to be in this car? Because it's a long time. In the yeah, car. it's like a, a half an hour car ride through snow yeah. uh, with the two of them. Yep. And then we do finally get to the house. Spoiler alert. And then, and then things Another happen. half an hour <laughs> yeah. in a snowy house. Yeah. And uh, and they like stop to get... And there's like these weird conversations that like you're thinking like, what is... It's like a weird art house thing. But then as it gets to basically themes of memory and themes of loss and themes of regret and themes of like remembering choices that you didn't make and how your life would be different had you made those. And the whole idea of the unreliable narrator is really big in this. And then you start Mm -hmm. to think like, wait a minute, who's the main character in this movie, which is a big kind of throw. 
So it is definitely, it is an acquired taste that is not for everybody. And you could watch this movie and hate it. I watched it and I was on board with it. It also, I mean, like the, are the characters in it all that likable? Like is Jesse Buckley is, I find very likable. Jesse Plemons? Jesse Buck Buckley is the actress's name. Oh yes. And Jesse Plemons and is Jesse the actor's Plemons name. Is the I actor's name. Yeah. The, yes. Oh yeah. She's wonderful. But then the other guy, like, and like as a him, character, uh, yeah. I mean, as an actor, I yeah. find everything Jesse Plemons does. Uh, he's always, yeah. He great. always plays the, yeah. He's great, but he always plays kind of a dis, like a, a a character. You're like, I don't know about this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he might be a serial killer or something like this. Uh, he's great in the Black Mirror episode, the yep. Star Trek episode, basically. Yep, he's great in Friday Night Lights. Yep. He's great in Breaking Bad. Yep, great in Fargo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so is, he's great in the new movie Power of the Dog. Yeah. He was fine in the uh, the Jungle Cruise movie. <laughs> okay, you've seen Free Guy and the Jungle Cruise, and not Jungle, like Jungle any Cruise. other movie that's Jungle come Cruise out this was, year. Was free on on Disney Plus. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie Free Guy, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, Mister. Anyway, Mr. I'm Mr. thinking of any things is a very pleasurable yes. movie, even for uh, even for me who so didn't really that understand is it. that is my uh, my number eight. Okay. Uh, my number seven. Yep. Uh, we are going full Christmas here, baby, uh, because one of the three months of winter is Christmas. So I will have some Christmas movies on my list, including uh, the classic old musical White Christmas. Ah, oh, I love I've White not, Christmas. Not seen White Christmas. Really? Yeah, I know. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Why? Why haven't you seen White Christmas yet? <laughs> I just never grew up with it, and it's, it's not like you have crazy. to be. It's that's the weird thing about Christmas movies, especially like older. If you didn't grow up with it, you kind of have to like seek them out, unless it's like mm-hmm. a Christmas story or something that's just ubiquitous or sure. Elf, like they're just everywhere. But. I think White Christmas is pretty ubiquitous, but uh, I've never seen it. Okay, it's on Netflix. Uh, it has been for a few years, so I own it, and I haven't seen it. You own a lot of things, I do, I do. Uh, but White Christmas. It's a fun, great musical. Uh, I was in White Christmas in high school, mm. so uh, my my one musical that nice. I was in. So. I have a special attachment there, I guess, for a guy who doesn't like nostalgia. I have a little yeah. bit of nostalgia yeah. for White Christmas, but uh, I have a lot of fun, good good music, uh, obviously very Christmas. And I mean, there's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a cynic, but uh, Bing Crosby singing White Christmas. I love Bing Crosby. It'll get you every time. I love Bing Crosby. And I don't care who you are. It's stupid that I haven't seen this movie. I love Bing Crosby. Pretty much. Uh, Fred Astaire's in this? No, uh, Danny Kaye. Danny Kaye? I'm fine with Danny Rosemary Kaye. Clooney. I like Rosemary Clooney. My boy's Clooney. mother. Yeah. Um, Your boy's aunt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, related. Yeah, they are related. Yeah. I love White Christmas. We watch it every year as a family. That's that's pretty much the only thing I think I will still be like, no, we can still watch this. Maybe one more. I should see it because I love uh, Big Crosby. Yeah. So uh, I, my number seven is actually very similar to White Christmas. Um, nice. And it's, uh, it has kind of the same vibe to it. Very similar feel. Uh, kind of. At a at a winter retreat, like a, a, a hotel <laughs> during the winter, it is. A, they are both at hotels. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it takes place in a in a big um, a big uh, like ballroom. Uh-huh. Um, it's a uh, it's The Shining, and uh, which is just, this was in our in our top eighties movie, so I won't talk about it too long. But it's just it is a beautiful movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a terrifying movie. It's disturbing. Um, it is. It is not that. It's a disturbing movie. I think that's the best thing. It's not like graphic per se. 
Um, no, there's no like jump scares. Not a whole. I mean, there's a couple like chunk, like like surprises. Yeah, like, yeah. But um, apart and apart from the blood, there's this recurring shot of blood coming out of the elevator, like just mm, a, like just a, a flood, a wave of blood. a blood flood. Yeah, and then the, the jump scares when you see the 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 sisters. Yeah, the or uh, scat when Scatman. Uh, yeah. So there, yeah, there's a there's a handful of them, but it's really just this this looming. It's dread. tension. It's all tension and dread. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And the the score is perfect. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, it's it's a it's not a great adaptation of the book because the book is about basically alcoholism and how uh, that kind of slowly turned this father crazy. Whereas you watch this movie the very first time you see Jack Nicholson, you're like, oh, that guy's going to kill people. <laughs> like, he is a crazy person from the beginning. So the second you see Jack Nicholson, is like, oh man. This is going to be, I wonder how long it's going to take for him to kill. Especially after like the five minute, uh, (laughs) like opening with the tense music. Yep. Yep. So it is just amazing shots in it. Like it is just, it's a beautiful movie. So many tracking shots that are great. It is really complicated. It's like a, it's a vibe. That movie is just a vibe. Like I can just throw it on. That's big January, February vibe too. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's a movie I'll throw on in the back. Like I'll just be doing stuff. I'll be like doing some work, throw on the shining. That's (laughs) that's kind of funny, but uh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, because it is, uh, I mean, not with like kids around and something, but if I'm in the house by myself, like, yeah, I'll throw on them. (laughs) I like the music. It's got really good music in it. It's probably my favorite Kubrick. Yeah. Which seems an interesting thing to say because it's like the most pop movie that he's made. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it's, uh, now that you're, uh, now that you like pop music, you know, I mean, just admit it. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, Wendy Carlos it, did the soundtrack for it. Wendy Carlos, who is this early um, innovator in electronic music. So there's a lot of Moog synthesizer on it, uh, but combined with a lot of, uh, or Moog synthesizer, and combined with a lot of classical music. So this interesting juxtaposition. She also did the music for Tron. So like kind of, the, yeah. which is right around the same time. Uh, early, early electronic music, uh, which then becomes an inspiration for Daft Punk, who does, who does Tron the second later. Tron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just it's just the, the ultimate get stuck inside for the holidays. Oh you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's really, it's crazy. There's some problematic stuff. I think we talked about this before about like Kubrick just being a horrible person uh, to uh, Shelley Duvall, and uh, and but but a lovely person to to Danny, mm-hmm. who had no idea he was in a horror movie. Like yeah. that's the thing yeah, that they okay. shot it in such a way that he never realized that any of the terrible things were happening in it. So, so uh, yeah, shining. That's my number seven, which is basically uh, white Christmas. So just white Christmas again, I think right. we're kind of in agreement. That, yeah. Similar music, yeah. you know, basic, they're interchangeable. They're, it's Jack a Nicholson uh, and Bing Crosby, you know, same similar thing. Vibes. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my number six, a movie just as inaccessible and, 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 rarely seen as your last movie my uh is my number six is harry potter and the sorcerer's stone i almost did that it's, but i was like there's only like 10 minutes of it though. no but it's a big christmas vibe it is a very big christmas vibe yeah yeah i think the whole movie uh is sort of that like classic uh youth fantasy like yep. kid vibes and then the big 10 to 15 minutes in the middle uh, well, where they actually have christmas the is, john williams music which yeah. is very compare like comparable to the John Williams music from home alone. Yes. Uh, and so it feels very Christmassy because of the John Williams music. Yeah. So that fits the, like actually, and especially, I don't know. I've seen all the Harry Potter movies a ton of times, but this one in particular feels like would be very nice to watch in this Christmas season. Yeah. As opposed to the rest of the year. I don't need to watch also it. like Fox family played it like nonstop. Yeah. ABC family ABC plays family, it all the time. Yeah, played it like, but like Christmas, they exclusively play the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Christmas. It pops up in the 25 days of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, ABC family. Thank yep. you. You still yep. have cable out there. Shout outs to mm-hmm. you. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, big snow, snowy Hogwarts just feels like I want to be there. Yeah, uh, great hall. Yeah. The great hall that when it's decorated for Christmas. Yep. I mean, um, and so I think it fits the themes of a Christmas movie also just like generically the Harry Potter themes uh, without being like Santa Claus is dope. Very much so. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't have a 10 minute monologue about Harry Potter. No, no, no. That's a good one though. That's <laughs> I, I had that on my list, but then I was like, ah, is that really a winter movie even? Like, cause I, I had it on my list for winter movie. I think it's a December movie. It, it definitely is. I think that the, um, I mean, if we're just going straight winter movie, um, the seventh movie, which is like part seven, part one. Yeah. That's where they're going. They're in, they're camping the whole time. Yeah. And that one's like a real cold movie. Yeah, they're never uh, in snow, but they're definitely cold. They're at the very end when they go to the cemetery. Yeah, because they Godric's get to Christmas. Hollow. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is that? That's at the end of that movie, not the beginning of the next movie. No, it's yeah. in the middle of uh, middle end of the seventh one. Yeah, yeah, not the eighth one. It's after Ron's left uh, and before he comes back. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That that's that's, that, good one. that's, that's low key uh, maybe my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. Wow, is part seven, part one. Wow, I think. Yeah. Uh, th- Azkaban still. Azkaban is my least favorite movie, most favorite that's, book. Uh, it's a terrible book, a terrible movie. It's a, a that's the best movie. No, it's not. Quaron is so good. No, it's not. That's uh, I, I flabbergasted. I know, I know. I'm surprised you haven't heard me say that before. I think I have, yeah. but I just block it out of my memory. All right, my so. my number six Oops. is aforementioned. Uh, previously alluded to, it is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Nice. Uh, I love this movie. It is uh, it is a jam. I think this was in my top. They, I do think. I don't know if it was ten. It, I think it was in your top ten. Yeah, I love Scott Pilgrim too. Scott Pilgrim is a great movie, and unlike a lot of these movies, which are pushing the bruise, like this is leaning into the cold. This is like how it's nice to be inside when it's cold kind of feel. Um, There's, there's a lot of like big parkas. There's a lot of like outside in the snow and then there's like a great, their first date, they're like Mm -hmm. really cold in in her place. And so she uh, makes some tea and then like gets a blanket and stuff like, and then they start fooling around. But like, yeah, the movie's set in Toronto. So it's very cold. Yeah. Once upon a time in Toronto. <laughs> and and it it is, yeah, it's just a, it's a great movie. It's a movie that for whatever reason was not a huge hit. Like it. It's it, a pretty big like cult movie, I think at this yeah. point. Oh for yeah. For as it's, much as any movie can be a cult movie now where we know everything at all times about the internet. But like 2010, I think maybe 2011. And it is uh, really one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's one of those movies that like, it's big enough now that it's surprising that it didn't do well at all like it, it i think it did it made like well. less than 30 million dollars really yeah it was like relatively i mean i think fun. it's like a smaller it was a, like a more indie movie anyway yeah it didn't really lose well. tons of money but like it, it was it was supposed to make a lot of money and it didn't okay anyway but i mean the cast is like 20 people deep like yeah. it's every every single person in the movie uh has gone on is, is more famous now than they were at that time yeah this is the one that allison pill is who is the teacher in uh in snowpiercer Snow she is the drummer in this uh chris evans is in this mm-hmm. uh playing yeah. one of the so scott pilgrim starts dating uh this girl ramona or wants to date this girl ramona and then finds out that he has to battle her seven evil exes and so basically it is just a simple love story of like a post high school aged folks but then set under the auspices of like a video game. And it's based on a graphic novel that also fits that same thing. And it's, it's very interesting and very funny. And it really hits the video game memes that well, it is um, Edgar Wright who had done Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and then went on to World's End and Baby Baby Driver. Um, And it is really just fully like uh, much like Baby Driver, like every single shot is so 
like specifically put in there. And yeah. so the choreography in this movie without the music, even though there's a lot of music, um, whereas like Great Baby Driver, music. Baby Driver is basically a music video for the entire movie. Yes. Uh, in a beautiful, amazing way. This this is about bands, so there's lots of music, but just all of every shot, like there's lots of big zooms and like lots of perfect. So many um, like references to video games that are Easter eggs in it. It's just you can watch it seven times in a row and see lots of different things. Kieran yeah, Culkin's in it, and it's just fantastic. <laughs> I love, I love he, Kieran Culkin. He's so great. Shout out to Roman Roy. Yep. Did you listen to they? They just released, I think, this past year the full song version of Brie Larson singing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Metric. Song. Oh yeah, Brie Larson. Black Sheep. This. Yeah. yeah, Brie Larson comes in and sings uh, Black Sheep by Metric in a band and just absolutely kills it. It's. So good. Well, she was a pop singer before yeah. she was an oh, actress. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there are. So, so there's Superman is in this. Um, what's his name? Who was Superman. in Superman? In Superman Returns, the Brian Singer. One. Oh yeah, he's the vegan. Yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, but anyway, the Superman the, from the Superman series that didn't hit, he's in it. Mm-hmm. Captain America's in it. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel Does like any of the other people play a superhero. Uh, I forget uh, who uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character in Birds oh, of Prey Oh, she's in Birds is, of Prey. But yeah. she's uh, the archer in Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty fantastic. I mean, and then, the star of Pitch Perfect is in this movie. The star of Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick. Basically a superhero. Oh, yeah, Anna Kendrick's in this. Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza's in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's so a, many people. It's a great movie. I highly recommend. Uh, it's a good, like, it's cold outside. I want to feel happy. Uh, Scott yeah, Pilgrim will, will give you all the feels in the best kind of way. So yeah. Scott Pilgrim is my number six. Love that. All right. Uh, we're into the top five. Uh, this is a movie. This is the rare uh, New Year's movie. This is the watch in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I don't know if Tyler's even seen this. Uh, this was very close to making my best of the dec- the previous decade list, the 2010s. Not quite, but I'm so excited to talk about it now. I hope Tyler's seen it. Uh, it is a little movie by my favorite director, Paul Thomas Anderson, called Phantom Thread. I have not seen Phantom Thread. It's yeah. the one PTA oh, at movie. At least you've I seen Free Guy. Seen, I haven't um, seen that, and I haven't seen Heart 8, but I have seen Free Guy. Do you want to talk about Free Guy? No. Oh. Um, Phantom Thread uh, <laughs> uh, stars Daniel Day-Lewis as a dressmaker in the 50s. Uh, his character's name is Reynolds Woodcock. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And he's, he's a, he had such a good time making this movie that he said he's never going to make another movie. Yeah, yet. it's his last. It's Daniel Day Lewis's last movie. Uh, he planned that beforehand, not because like, he had a bad time, just but he fully commits to his roles, and so he like learned how to make dresses because he's a crazy man, and he plays a very intense and serious uh, and like isolated uh, dressmaker, and he meets a woman played by Vicky Creeps Kreps. And uh, she becomes his muse slash assistant slash lover. Uh, and it's a uh, love story between the two. Uh, it is a hilarious movie in a sort of weird and dark way. Uh, it's a very fun movie to watch. I mean, it's a there's a beautiful Johnny Greenwood score. Isn't there a murder in it? Uh, there's been a murder in Savannah. I don't think there's a murder. Oh, I thought it was like a murder mystery at some point. No. Oh, okay. No, it's a love story, uh, and yeah. that there's a that takes place. It's in London in the '50s, so that's sort of London's always a little bit cold. Yeah, and then there's a big New Year's set piece in the middle, um, great New Year's party. So it's the perfect uh, in between Christmas and New Year's uh, vibe. Um, it's an inside movie, uh, lots of food discussion and uh, visuals, and sort of that 
beautiful English food. And I mean, both all the actors in are giving just dynamite performances. They're so good. This beautiful Paul Thomas Anderson crazy script. And uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> the love story is, you know, no matter uh, what sort of crazy stuff happens to you or to each other, uh, when you're connected with someone, you're connected with them. And uh, I love Phantom Thread. It's really one of the my favorites. Um, Which means it's probably like a big bummer. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Uh, well, so let's put it this way. Uh, I went and saw it alone and I was in a theater with like seven old people because it's a movie about dressmaking. So yeah. Uh, I think old people thought they'd like it. And I was laughing and having a rollicking old time <laughs> and uh, nobody else was. Nice. And I have other friends who also went and saw it uh, with like their friends and with old people and no one else liked it but them too. So a little bit of a sp specific taste if you've seen uh, PTA's other movies like The Master or There Will Be Blood uh, or Boogie Nights. But Phantom Thread is, is it's an all-time great movie. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, he's great in everything and he is stellar uh, and is matched is really goes toe to toe with Vicky Kreps and um, awesome. I 10 out of 10 recommend Phantom Thread to everybody. I hope uh, you go and watch it. Just a uh, Johnny Greenwood's piano score is, is beautiful. My number four, which could easily be my number one, probably should be number, my number one uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It, oftentimes the, when people say, what is your favorite movie? I will say this. So it's, it's always in the conversation. I usually don't list a movie. Dunkirk. I list several of them. It's not Dunkirk. <laughs> Um, I did think if, was there any snow in Dunkirk? Uh, no, it is, uh, uh, another Charlie Kaufman movie. This is by, but directed by Michelle Gondry. This is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, which is again, probably my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. It is the best pushing the bruise movie you can find, but it ends with like some hope like that. So the premise, I mean, it, and it's hands down Jim Carrey's best performance. Kate Winslet is amazing in it. She was nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, and Michelle Gondry's direction is perfect. Like it is this weird, he's this weird French guy who, who had done music videos before and does a lot of like, um, uh, there's a word for it. I can't remember. It's like kind of like homemade type stuff. And so he does practical effects that are really um, clever and a lot of in-camera effects and stuff like this. And, and it's another kind of sci-fi. So the basic idea is that uh, it starts off, Jim Carrey has broken up with his girlfriend, Kate Winslet, or she has broken up with him. And he finds that he gets this letter saying that she, he finds out her friends get a letter saying, uh, the, uh, this woman has um, uh, erased uh, Jim Carrey from her memory. Like they, they, she, there's this new thing that where you can erase someone from your memory and mm -hmm. she had this done. And it basically said, so please don't bring her up, bring him up to her because it'll confuse her. And so then Jim Carrey finds out about it and then he goes in and wants to get her erased from his memory. And so uh, then once he gets the process started, he decides, no, I don't want to forget her. And so the, the rest of the movie is like him in his mind trying to save her and like hide. And it's really, it's beautifully done because it starts off, you don't like Kate Winslet's character is really abrasive and kind of, you can see like well, they shouldn't be together. And then the deeper he goes into his memory, you're going kind of backwards in their relationship. And, mm -hmm. and she becomes, the memory of her is working with him to hide her in his memory so she can't be erased. And then you start to fall in love with her, which is like kind of, in order for the movie to work, Kate Winslet has to go from someone who you, can, who you wouldn't want to be with to someone who, you, who it's worth being with. And without spoiling it, kind of the end of it is, even if you knew that what you're going to do is going to end in heartache. Is it worth doing? And they say, yeah, like, yeah, let's, 
let's do it. And it is, uh, it's beautiful. It is just my favorite uh, love story. It is my favorite, like, I think that that is what love has to be, is that love is going to hurt. And even if you knew it was going to hurt, would you still do it? Sure. Uh, and it's not guaranteed that it won't work again, but it, uh, it might, it probably won't. Uh, and it's just, it's just great. There's amazing actors in it. Elijah Woods in it. Uh, uh, Ruffalo. Ruffalo's in it. Kirsten Dunst is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? What's that guy's name? Tom Wilkinson. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's just, just wonderful. Oh, like all, Wilkinson. all around, all around amazing casts. Just hey, when's that like quite possibly one of the best actresses of the last like 20, 30 years? Yeah. Everybody the holidays, should. Kate Winslet. Yes. Is featured, yeah, that's right, heavily. baby. Two Kate Winslet movies. <laughs> Yeah, she's just uh, like, and literally, like, you just fall in love with her in this movie. Like, as a character, she really is like really rough, and really, mm-hmm. and the scenes at the beginning when the relationships are falling apart are so true to life. Of like watching the simmering kind of relationship fall apart, and his criticisms of her are not untrue, but the way when she says it are the kind of like legitimate arguments you would get into. Yeah. So again, the screenwriter is Charlie Kaufman, who wrote and directed. I'm thinking of ending things. This one he just wrote the screenplay for. Uh, it's just it's a great movie. It's from 2003, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, this it probably should be my number one, but I put it at number four. Yeah, I left it left it off my list because I I knew it would be on yours. Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing is is in February, and so yes, the whole very... thing is snow. But like it, but it yeah, it it kind of speaks to the bittersweet nature of love, and that there is risk that any relationship will not work out, even when it does work for so long. Um, well, it's a real feeling. Anything is worth it. Yeah, kind of movie. Better I mean, to have fe- loved and lost than not to love it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, feeling the love and feeling the pain is is better than being numb to it all. Yep, yep. Uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. So, yeah. and really fun to see Jim Carrey uh, be really good, like a yeah. really good actor. I mean, really he, good. When he, he never nailed he, it. He, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Since then, probably not. But he, uh, yeah, it's his, it's definitely his best role. I think even better than the Truman Show. So, mm-hmm. Another, that was my number five. By the way, yes. I said I said them out of order. Okay, you're number four. Yeah, my number four because I'm first. So my number four uh, is another uh, painful, semi-painful romance. Um, um, it's a, another movie from the past, uh, I think it was 2015. Uh, it's by a great director named Todd Haynes. And this is a movie called Carol. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Carol? No, I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't own it either. <laughs> you should. Uh, Carol, and this is a real Christmas movie. I mean... So Carol is a uh, movie set in the 1950s, uh, Rooney Mara, second Rooney Mara movie. Uh, she's working at a Macy's Gimbal's type uh, department store uh, in the Christmas season, wearing the, you know, they're all wearing the silly little Christmas hats and uh, selling like trains and stuff. And Kate Blanchett uh, comes in and buys uh, stuff off of her and they form up a friendship and a romance. Um Kate Blanchett is married uh, to the character's name is Harge, uh, which she says Harge a lot, which is very funny for a <laughs> 50s name that I don't really know that existed. But Kyle Chandler playing the perfect uh, 50s husband. Uh, Friday, just, Friday Night Lights. Yes. The coach. Yeah. Couch. Um, and Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara form this beautiful uh, relationship and uh, romance uh, over over the holiday season. Um Obviously, both because Kate Blanchett is married and because of the '50s uh, controversial romance in the in the movie, um, but I think is a like really maybe my favorite love story of the last 10, 15 years. Nice. Um, and it's very Christmassy, super Christmassy. It, like they're genuinely the whole. I mean, the whole 
their relationship only occurs because it's Christmas and nice. Kate Blanchett is Christmas shopping and then they go Christmas tree shopping and then over Christmas they spend time together again, of course. Um, so like I will watch this probably every December. I've already feel like two or three years in a row I've rewatched it. Um, it and ends, you know, uh, possible heartbreak, maybe not. Um, no spoilers because oh. I'm assuming many people okay. haven't seen okay. this. Um, but it's a hundred percent worth watching. Uh, phenomenal performances all around. I mean, I I, I adore Kate Blanchett. Uh, She's wonderful. My whole heart. So uh, I don't know if you haven't seen Carol, uh, go watch it now. Nice, nice, nice. My number four, John Carpenter's The Thing. It takes place in an, in an Arctic like uh, like a bunch of science guys in the Arctic uh, who are at this. Uh, it's this, at this station, like in the middle of this snowstorm and they get, they get stuck there. Uh, and then this, um, basically like an alien presence comes in and it can shape shift. And so it keeps shape shifting into the different guys. And so it basically is this, it's like alien, but in the tundra. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Kirk, uh, not Kurt, Kurt Russell, not Kirk Douglas. Kurt Russell Kirk is Obey. like, Kurt Russell is like the main, and this is from 82. So this is like, as he's breaking out of being a Disney star, um, he was in a bunch of Disney movies in the seventies, like as a, as a, in his early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But like late, like seventies Disney movies. So like freaky Friday type stuff. He's not in freaky Friday, but they're, they're, he's in a movie called <laughs> Lindsay the, Lohan, the computer wore tennis shoes and the barefoot executive, a bunch of like literally no idea what you're exactly, talking about. Yeah. No, nor should you. They were just like kind of it's escape stuff. from New York, a Disney movie. No, this was before escape from New York though. <laughs> so he makes, uh, he makes this, and this is kind of his first adult movie, uh, and it's a it's a pretty intense movie. But it's like the whole thing is this kind of almost like a whodunit murder because, uh, I mean, really like a whodunit. Any of these people could be the killer, and you don't know who it is. And there's so much tension in it, and just slowly people are picked off. And Wilford Brimley's in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, um, eternally fifty years old. Eternally fifty years old, but he doesn't have a mustache. So it's really he doesn't really have a slow. mustache. Yeah, it's very scary seeing, and he's That's actually terror. like thirty eight years terrible. old or something like this. And this, but he looks like he's sixty five. I don't know if I want to see Wilford Brimley without a mustache. Yeah, um, Keith, uh, what's his name? Is in David? it? David. Keith David is in it, and he's fantastic as he always is in everything. Uh, Keith David, who is the the voice of the Shadow Man, uh, the the uh, from uh, Princess and the Frog, he's also the voice of wow. Goliath and Gargoyles, and the voice of a lot of things and a lot of things. Um, he's wonderful. It's just it's a great cold like the whole thing is cold. They're trapped in this place, and it's just this suspenseful like what's going to happen. It has a really interesting ending. Like it's very very good. The thing. Uh, this is. Not my number one Christmas movie, but it's definitely the Christmas movie I've seen the most. Uh, it's just a Christmas movie that I love. Uh, it's A Wonderful Life. I love how many Christmas movies you have in this. I know, I know. I was the one who said no Christmas movies on general. Well, so when you asked 10 Christmas movies, I assumed movies like Carol or uh, Harry oh, Potter yeah. Yeah. would not be. No, that would have worked. Yeah. I would have said Christmas movies. Yeah, that would have been it. So I, I thought I said like. That's okay, though, because this makes our list very different. Because I would have definitely had It's a Wonderful Life on my Christmas right. movies, but it's not on my winter movies. But it, but I think, de well, yeah, December is a winter, is one of the three months of winter, and so yeah. I'm going back to all of the months. Uh, but I, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, I'm assuming this is the one that everyone has seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, considering it's on every year on ABC or whatever. NBC, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what 
what more could I say about It's a Wonderful Life besides it's like an all-time great movie and yeah. everybody should watch it. And Another science fiction movie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's all like as set in an alternate reality kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic, uh, I don't know, you get taken off, you know. What is life like without you? Let's uh, yeah. take you back and see. Um, My big, so I wouldn't make this, but whenever people would say Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, I'd be like, well, it has more Christmas. I did say that to my mom. It's a wonderful life. It's wonderful life barely had, like, it's just the beginning and the end happen at Christmas. But but the the two hours in the middle are not during Christmas at all. Yeah. And they sing Auld Lang Syne at the end. Yeah. Which is a New Year's movie. Yeah. A New Year's song. Yeah. I would highly does yell around like, Merry Christmas. It's 100% a Christmas movie. Like, it's stupid to argue that it isn't, but. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I, I mean, I said to you when you said Christmas movies, I was like, I, I don't really need Christmas movies in my life, uh, but It's a Wonderful Life, uh, I will still cry when they, he comes back and they all sing and they're all like, oh, the whole town rallied around you, my guy. Like, yeah. uh, here's money and like love and we'll sing. That's, I, and I, and I, I just love Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, I love, and he's in so many things and he's always great. Oh, he's uh, great in this too. Yeah. And so... I've pr- pr- almost certainly watched it every Christmas Eve my entire life. Yeah. I mean, at, oh, I love it. So close. It's a great, it's a great movie. It really is. That's the example where I'm like, I don't, when I, we were, when I thought about doing a top 10 Christmas movies podcast, I was like, I don't really care about Elf or a Christmas Story yeah. or like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation whatever. Like, yeah. they're fine, but like, I don't really need to wa- rewatch those. But like, It's a Wonderful Life. I will it's watch so good. every single We could time. do a whole episode just on It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and just the message of like, I mean, it's it's not unlike in some ways Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, yes, where it's like exactly. it's worth it. I mean, just like yes, yeah, like yes, life is hard and it's not going to end up the way you want it to, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. Yeah, and like it is, it's such a relatable thing of like this guy who had such big dreams and such big potential, and everybody's like, yeah, you're going to do great things, and then he he gets stuck helping everybody mm-hmm. and feels like he's failed, and he feels like he fails the town because he's like, I was the one who could have gotten out, but then it turns out he didn't fail the town and the fact that he stayed there he like helped so many people and it's like yes i feel like everybody for the most part like we don't see the connections that we make the ways we touch other people's Mm -hmm. lives and even the things even when we don't want to help like we feel obligated as long as you're a somewhat good person like you will have impacted lives in, in ways that you haven't and we don't get to see that and so this is the fantasy of like someone gets to see the impact that they actually yeah. made on people's lives. And like connection is, I mean, through all of mo- almost all of my movies and your movies, even though they're not like Christmas movies or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and in our lives, like connection is the most important thing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's the running theme. There are like people and the connections we make and the relationships we have yeah. are the most important things in our lives. And like, it's wonderful life is the, the er text of like, this is what is important. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and just so many great, like the dance sequence and the the, yeah. oh, the, the even little little touches of like personality like when uh before they go to the dance and like the conversations between Harry the brother and the father about like whether he's going to drink at the at the party is like <laughs> oh come on he's like no no gin tonight son he's like oh come on dad not even a little bit <laughs> also incredible like uh his high 40s or 50s yeah like these like <laughs> 20 to 22 to 23 year old college guys like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah going to the high school dance tonight like Jeez. let's pick up some ladies and you're like oh that's tough yeah. Jimmy Stewart 25 years old hitting yes. picking up an 18 year old yeah yeah married hopefully she's 18 oh yeah i yeah. think she was she, she was a senior she was supposed okay. to be yeah, yeah. but yeah, weird 40 stuff. But yeah. like, uh, that's, I mean, ignoring that, it's like a beautiful, you know, like, uh, want to lasso the moon? Like, uh, yeah. what do you want, the moon? Throw a rope around it and pull it down for Ah, you. youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was a great, that was a great movie. Here's, here's a kind of surprise one. This is a movie from... Uh, free Guy? No, it's not Free Guy. Is a movie that you may not have seen because it's kind of like an older movie, but I think it's fantastic. Um, it, and it speaks to... Uh, I'm a big fan of old, old movies. Uh, this is a silent movie from 1925. This is The Gold Rush by Charlie Chaplin. The Taylor Swift song? The Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a great movie. You can see probably the whole thing on, on uh, YouTube because it's from 1925. But it's, um, it's a silent movie that works really well. It's very, very funny. Uh, Charlie Chaplin's just brilliant. Um, and he just plays this prospector who goes to the Yukon in the gold rush of the 1890s, I think. Um, and it's, so the whole thing is just set in, uh, in the Yukon, like in Alaska or, or Canada, wherever that was, where there was this gold rush. And so he, it's just this series of, uh, of funny, funny moments and stuff like that. But it like, it starts this, it's basically, uh, he falls in love with this girl who's at a, uh, this woman at a, um, at like the local kind of like beer hall and him trying to uh, like kind of, she like teases him and like pretends to love him. And then he, um, the, there's this big scene where he sets up this this dinner, uh, like a basically like a Thanksgiving dinner, a big dinner for her and her friends and just imagines that they're gonna show up and they, they weren't gonna show up, like they were just teasing him. And so uh, then he has this dream sequence of like, they show up and he's so charming and everyone thinks he's the best. And he does this dance with these rolls, which is like a really famous thing where he like takes these forks and sticks them in these dinner rolls and uses them like feet. Um, okay. But it, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, it, but then I mean, in keeping with some of the themes that were going, so like it, it does, it's more than just a bunch of slapstick. Like there is this bittersweet notion of, um, of belonging and kind of his, his goal is not just to get the gold. Like it's to get, uh, to be included. He's kind of this outcast and he just wants to be loved and he wants to love and his, the whole, like it's kind of heartbreaking this whole sequence because he has this, his fantasy is just that he is included in the community and people find him charming. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes and the part of the, the, the device of seeing it is that he had lit some candles and is just waiting for them to show up. And then he wakes up from the thing and the candles are all like all the way burned down. And so, and then it's just set. and the movie could almost end there. And then there's more movie to it, but like, okay. uh, it's just a, it's a good cold weather movie. It's an hour and 20 minutes, uh, and goes pretty quick. And it's just a lot of good, like, it's a, it's a nice snowy movie. All right. Yeah. Chaplin. Yeah. Chaplin. Number seven. Hey, uh, winter is about yeah, needing some comfort sometimes. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. I like that. Mm -hmm. My number two, uh, is a movie we have, we both talked about, uh, on our best of 2010s list. It is, I think our, our taste in movies does not overlap as much as we think it does a lot of the time. But this movie hit uh, both of us very strongly. Uh, it, is, it was both of our like top three movies of the decade, I think. Um, it is a movie by the Coen brothers called Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, with, yeah, it's just the best. It's the best. Really one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. Um, and it is like the ultimate. When when we when you said Christmas movies and I said winter movies, this was the example in my head where yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I will watch this every yep. January. Yep. I feel like I almost have since it came out in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac playing a uh, uh, struggling folk singer in the 60s mm -hmm. uh, New York. And on a journey uh trying to find his way in wintry cold new york and chicago and 
we talked about it a lot on the other podcast. We won't belabor it too much, but truly the most, like, I think the number one, like, it's been winter for two to three months. Like, all, it's still dark early. I am, uh, like, just all I want is sun and warmth and outside. And we're still not there. And, like, that is why winter can be depressing for a lot of people. And so in February or January, I'm going to push the bruise, as you said, and feel sort of down while also feeling incredibly good by the music and the performances. Uh, but also, you know, a little tough from like, oh man, this guy's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. It's so, and, and it's so like you watch that whole movie and for some, like for me, I feel good when I watch that movie. Yeah. And I don't know why, because it's so like nothing works. But the, I think the songs are... The songs are so good. So and there's good. victory in the end. Without spoiling it, the, he does kind of have a victory in the end, even though ultimately he doesn't. Like right. that's... The very end is like more of the same for Lewin Davis, basically. Yes. He just keeps getting bad breaks. Um, but his... And the, yeah, the performances are just incredible. That's a movie where I, I have this ongoing conversation where I have a... Uh, an ear for autotune and like uh, pitch correction that really annoys me in musical things, and it, that is not in this movie. Like there, there's no. a little bit with um, with what's her name, Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, yeah, but like not with uh, Oscar Isaac at all. Like it, he is singing live. Whatever you say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just beautiful. Like there's the raw, like the scene where he in Chicago where he does the tryout, and it's it's just mm-hmm. so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, in the car ride, there's like a for 20 minutes maybe in the middle of the movie he drives to chicago in a car with john goodman and uh the other guy yeah uh garrett garrett dylan hunt garrett dylan hunt is that his last name that's right hunland headland headland yeah Hedlund. there you go yeah go. he's in he's in tron legacy sure yeah um, and four brothers okay uh and it's just a 20 minute like drive from new york to chicago and it's snowing the whole time yeah and it's that bleak highway snow driving. Oh man, that is so familiar to anybody who lives uh, in the Northeast or Midwest. Yeah, um, boy. And we talked about it before, like the whole imagery of like the cat, and so he loses this cat, and mm-hmm. the cat kind of both represents his freedom at the same time, and then he like he ends up killing a cat, like he hits a cat with the car, and is it the same cat? And then like yeah. no, but yes, and like yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, like, Coen Brothers are so good at having, like, a device represent something really big. Like, Miller's Crossing, it's all about the hat. And mm-hmm. uh, this one is very much, um, this cat kind of both represents his freedom and how it's, it wants to be free. But how, like, when it's set free, that's it's kind of, like, in in trouble. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very, yeah, very and lost. Yeah. 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 Without a home. Yeah. Like, oh, man. And, the, and, like, really... Like maybe my favorite scene uh, in movie history is him and Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver singing <laughs> "Please, so Mr. Good. Kennedy." It is so great. <laughs> Outer space. Uh oh. So great. It's so great. So yeah, and Oscar Isaac just like one of the best working actors right now. He really is. He's, I love him. It's so sad. Shout out to Rachel Jones. Yeah. Who yeah, yep. uh, has a deep love and affection for it. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah, a well-placed affection for Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah, yeah. Every 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 character in this movie has a sad story. Mm-hmm. Like there are only sad stories in yeah. all of this. And Adam Driver is a great example of like he he's not in it very long, but then he is also a folk guy. And then he goes like Oscar Isaac is just keeps jumping from couch to couch to sleep, and he sleeps at his place. And then he he encounters this big box of records, which was 
unsold because yeah. everyone's just they all have a box of unsold yeah. records yeah yeah oh man it's so so sad um yeah that is that is a great okay. great great one all right my number two uh in keeping with the theme of uh of Coen brothers my number two is a Coen brothers movie nice it is fargo yeah fargo the ultimate winter movie i mean like we have kind of several ultimate winter movies but the, this is the um uh, it is very much a vibe, very much like The Shining, where it's like it, it kind of the story is compelling, but but the the ominous tone of the movie, like it just feels foreboding. It feels like everything that these characters do is just more destined to fail. Like it, so the whole idea is that there's this uh, uh, Phil, uh, uh, William H Macy is a car used car salesman who owes some money, and he tries to create a scheme where some cars will get stolen so that he can make money. Like that's, yeah. it's just like a, it's an insurance fraud basically. And it gets botched and all this bad stuff happens. And then he just continues to try to cover it up. And even the, the guys who botched the, 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 the kidnapping, uh, they, they tried to kidnap his wife and then his wife dies in the midst of that. And then, so then they like, it's just this, everything keeps going wrong. So everything goes wrong. Yeah. And, and, and it's the perfect kind of Coen brothers are such so good at making comedies mm -hmm. that are dark. Oh yeah. And then serious movies that are darkly comic. Yes. And this is definitely a serious movie that's darkly comic. Whereas like Lewin Davis is more of a comedy, I would say. Wow, I was gonna go the exact opposite. Oh, I think Lewin Davis, I mean Lewin Davis I was gonna is, say Lewin Davis is a serious movie bleak. that's funny and Fargo is a funny movie that's dark. I think Fargo is more, Fargo was one best picture. Yeah. And it, I mean, Fargo's the, the Coen Brothers movie. I yeah. think that they're like, but followed immediately of, by Big Lebowski, Lebowski. Yeah. which is the exact polar opposite. That's so they make, the one that's, they make yeah. the Raising Arizonas and the Miller's Crossings, the Barton Finks that's and fair, the Hudsucker Proxy. That, yes. The, and, and the O Brother and the No Country for Old Men. So they, they mm -hmm. have, they do, they do this that's tonal fair. shifts a lot. And Lewin Davis was followed by intolerable cruelty or right before, no, right, right after, no, right if, after Hail Caesar, uh, Hail Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. Hail Caesar followed Caesar. by Hail Caesar, but right. What was right before it? Uh, anyway, true, true grit. Oh yeah. True grit. Yeah. Yeah. Which followed intolerable cruelty. Yeah. Which followed, uh, no, no country. country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and intolerable cruelty is bonkers. It's a, that's a good movie, but it's bonkers. Oh no. Uh, um, right after no country was, um, Burn Burn after after reading. reading. That is bonkers. That's, that's a one. that's a bonkers movie. <laughs> that's slapstick. That movie. So, uh, but Fargo it, and the the you get Frances McDormand in just like one of the best performances. Oh. She won Best Actress for this. She is amazing. Yeah. And like in this bleak, really sad movie, which is very comic. There's a lot of goofy things, but everything yeah. that's funny is sad at the same time. Sure. Well, like dark. William H Macy's character is sad. Is is funny, but like really sad. Like the brutal parts of this movie are very brutal. Yeah. So it's not like, cause they'll do things like, like Big Lebowski where like bad things happen, but it's always funny. Sure. Um, when the bad things happen in this, it's very sad. Like there's something funny. Is the Steve Buscemi funny stuff sad or just kind it's of funny? It's funny, but it's also it's dark. Like, it's very I dark. It's sad. Although obviously, yeah, I mean the William H. Macy. Like when he gets shot sad. in the face, like that's pretty, pretty dark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the wood chipper. Yeah, the wood chipper. Oh, geez. The, yeah, but uh, to have Frances McDormand just this wonderful, like, un like she is so competent at what she does, mm -hmm. but has this Midwestern nice, which is like that's basically the comedy of this movie is just Midwestern nice. It is a very yeah, dark. They all have the Minnesota film noir accents. with yeah. this Steve Buscemi who plays Steve Buscemi, but then everybody else is this nice Minnesota, 
and mm-hmm. uh, William H Macy is just excellent in it. He wasn't nominated for that, which is that's crazy, insane. Um, and then uh, Frances McDormand, which is just yeah. so nice and so competent and so so confident. She's like eight months pregnant throughout the whole movie. Yep. Uh, and it is the whole thing is filled with snow and stuff like that. But it, it gets to me. I mean, in a similar theme of like how, and she kind of says this at the end when she realizes what's going. Like how sad. Um, kind of this deception, like this, how, how stupid, how much, basically she says like, what a waste. Yeah. Like all just, just all for this, this violence, thing, all this violence, all this death. Yeah. And she's talking to the one guy who never talks to Stellan, Stellan, uh, or no, Peter Samari, the blonde guy. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and cause she's, he's the one that kind of yeah. left at the end. Right. Yeah. And so she's talking to him who never talks Stevie and she's like, partner. what's the, what's the, like all this violence for what? And it's true. Like so many people die in this and it's, and it, that's very classic Coen brothers. It is very classic Coen brothers. And it, uh, yeah, that's kind of the theme. That's basically what, uh, what, um, uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones says at the end of no country. Um, but it, it does, they, they have an interesting worldview, which is like, uh, I mean, very similar to Lewin Davis, which is like the world is hard and things are going to be rough. Yeah. And so expect tragedy, but it's still worth it. And so I think that you get, the the hope that Lewin Davis kind of has at the very end of the movie, like he does have some hope in his in his last performance, yeah. which is then kind of has the epilogue of him going out in the, yeah. and the, Bob uh, Dylan coming yeah. in right after him. Yeah. Um, so that, but there is some finding some peace in that it's worth it. And even um, the very kind of the coda of this movie is that after she's caught everybody, she goes back to her husband who's just which super is, sweet. Yeah. And I love that actor. Yeah. Uh, the who's Zodiac. the bad guy, the Zodiac killer. <laughs> and, uh, uh, she basically, he's like, how have you been? And he's unemployed and, and, uh, it's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful relationship. The, like yeah. every scene, they, they continuously go back to those two in bed or yeah. eating breakfast or just like, and this running theme was like, he was, he was painting a duck painting because this is true that every year there are duck stamps that, and oh, it's, right. it is true to life that like every year when they do the new stamps for, uh, to be, to get duck hunting, like you have to buy a stamp from the post office, like to get a to to get a license to hunt ducks hunt, hunt ducks and so um, there's always a competition for who's going to be able to to uh, be on the new duck stamp and mm-hmm. he um, paints it and doesn't win but he gets the one cent stamp and she's like that's the best one because when whenever they raise the rates you're gonna have to get on the duck stamp and he's like yeah I guess so and it's just that she like they have this and she's saying like this baby's gonna come. And the baby's never born in the movie, but, but just that the right. potential, like the baby kind of represents this hope of life that it's still a world worth bringing life into, even though she has seen kind of the worst of these people and yes. and what can happen. And yeah, it's, I mean, it is funny, but even like it, yeah. it's more real yeah. Yeah. than yeah. some of That's the. Fair. Yeah, compare it, when I think about it, the other comic, uh, those movies. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because it dwells on some dark stuff, like like the, the son kind of mm-hmm. coming to terms with the fact that like his mom is gone. Yeah. Like William H. Macy's mom, like when he's like, Oh, is she okay? Like that kind of, like that scene is yeah, like real rough. rough. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some, some real, real rough stuff in that movie. So, but that Big being winter. said, yep. it's a great movie. <laughs> it's well, and it's when we, uh, eventually do the best of the nineties, uh, podcast, which oh, will be, be in seven it. hours long. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be on both the lists for mm-hmm. sure. So mm-hmm. great choice. Right. Uh, love Fargo. And, uh, so my number one, which, uh, is the uh, newest best Christmas movie. Uh, I've, re- I've watched this two Christmases in a row. Christmas Day. No, it came out the 
uh, day, I guess, day after Christmas, uh, two years ago, and then Christmas and COVID. Home Alone, Home Alone 3? <laughs> Home Alone 4, actually. Uh, but it is the 2019 filmed version uh, directed by Greta Gerwig of Little Women. Oh, I forgot that you said this was going to be on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have not. So Little Women, of course, is based off the old novel. Yeah, I was asked. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is, you know, there was an old book and at least one movie in 94, if not more before that, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this I haven't seen any of those or read the book, so it doesn't really bother me. But I loved this uh, version of Little Women. Uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, who directed Lady Bird, like one of my all-time favorite movies, mm-hmm. uh, and had starred in a couple uh, other movies with Noah Baumbach and stuff. And she directed this version. Uh, it stars Saoirse Ronan, also star of Lady Bird. It has my boy Timmy Chalamet, also from Lady Bird, and now Dune. Yeah. Um, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, uh, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper. Uh, Coops is in it. <laughs> Coops is in it. Uh, and just the craziest Bob Odenkirk. Uh, <gasps> Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> my Little Women. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so just stellar cast. And like it, the movie t- does this beautiful sort of uh, flashback, flash forward uh, situation mm. uh, throughout the whole thing. It, it um, I guess if you, I mean, I'm not too worried about spoiling Little Women since the book has existed for a hundred yeah. years. But yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the book takes place, uh, there's like a, you know, first, the five years of them growing up or something. Yeah. And then jumps and it's, or, you know, later as they're sort of gone and trying to move out and start their own lives. And so the movie jumps back and forth between the timelines and it's this beautiful, it's just incredibly well executed and uh, like time jump and always sort of the two timelines mirroring each other um, and the themes and feelings like starting in opposite places and crossing and finishing the same spot. Uh, and it, I mean, the first hour basically is on Christmas day, uh, or in the Christmas season. So big winter in the Northeast vibes, um, and just a fantastic movie. Uh, I don't know. Uh, everybody should see little woman. This is by far, it was by far the most like, and in terms of actual Christmas movies that I want to rewatch, like the themes of like family, which I think is a big Christmas theme yeah. uh, for most people yeah. or for a lot of people, um, which maybe I sometimes uh, ignore or don't want to deal with. Uh, <laughs> this one uh, I do because uh, it's this family. I mean, they're dealing with real tragedy and real hardship. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a very uh, a movie very focused on sort of uh, white women growing up and trying to find their way in the world and the problems that uh they go through and it's a specific uh specific examples but beautiful uh that we can all relate to so nice i love little woman okay you ready for my number one? <laughs> oh boy definitely haven't done this because I, first I thought i thought we'd done this no dunkirk doesn't take place in in, in winter Whatever. Uh, this is a movie that i will never get tired of watching and i will just watch over and over and it's a very specific vibe. It belongs in February. This is the 1992 movie from Howard Ramis, Groundhog Day. Oh, this is a perfect movie. Yeah, that's uh, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, like, it, had we done our when we do our 90s movie, this will probably be my number one. So that this is. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, this is maybe not, but it'll definitely be my top ten. Wow. And I might even just like put it like in the pantheon and just like keep it out for the sake of that. So. It's just a, it's a great movie. It's, it's, I love, um, 
I mean, it's very similar to a lot of the themes on this is like kind of getting, uh, what is the point of the relationships? What is the point of, of, of our connection with community? And, uh, it based the premise is that the Bill Murray is this weatherman who goes to Punxsutawney PA for the Groundhog Day Festival and then gets stuck in that same day and just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. And I like that he goes through a lot of different, um, it's never explained why he got in there. Uh, and he tries to get out and he does he like tries to like kill himself. He tries to just like do whatever he wants to do. And then he tries to do everything right and nothing works. And he tries to make Andy McDowell fall in love with him. She's the, his producer and, um, and he's a jerk and he slowly kind of tries to do everything right, but you can tell he's doing it for the wrong reasons. And so, uh, ultimately it's when he stops trying to win and just tries to be, um, like to care about people like it, yeah. it and and even the movie doesn't really give you a clean like that's why it stopped like because it does stop at the end like that's you know that because it's a lighthearted comedy like this is it deals with some serious things but in a very lighthearted way yeah um especially compared to a lot of the other movies we've been talking about um but it's uh it it really does kind of get a and, and it, again kind of softly sells you out the idea like that um there's no perfect way to do a day like he he tries to save everybody he tries to to not not let anybody die and he right. realizes like there's this one old man that just keeps dying yeah. because he's just old and and even that's what they say like that he he takes it to the hospital and the lady's like sometimes people just die like he's just old like yeah there's nothing you could done, done for this and he's like not today people don't die today and then it's just like a, a series of him trying to save this old man and the old man keeps dying and getting at the notion of like we can't control this stuff but we can just be better and when he stops trying to control Annie McDowell, then she, um, he is genuine. And yes. so she falls in love with the genuine sense of who he is rather than, which again is a spoiler, but not really, because it's a 90s romantic comedy. Groundhog Day is safe course, to spoil. Yeah, of course they're going to come. Relative to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, it's just, it is, uh, a lot of these movies are vibes, but kind of have some darkness to them. And this is one that literally I could just watch it on a loop, like Christmas it has story some darkness side. in it, though. It's got some darkness, but just enough that it's not so dark that like you can't. Um, it won't bring you down. Like it, it's got some realness to it. Yeah. Um, it's got some some real uh, some some weightiness for the the level of movie that it is. Like it's a pretty lighthearted movie that deals with some kind of existential things. Yeah. Um, and I think deals with him really well and has a kind of light touch to it. Bill Murray is is like peak Bill Murray here where you can tell he both hates a lot of the things that he's having to do for this movie, but he does them. Like he's game for it. Uh, kind of latter-day Bill Murray just doesn't do some of that stuff or and or just like loses some of his hope. It's, it's, a, it's the apex mountain. It really, it really is. <laughs> well, and you see that like a movie like uh, uh, Lost in Translation... Okay. Later, which which is more like because Rushmore, he's in it, but he's definitely featured in it. Whereas like Lost in Translation, he is the main character. Sure. That. And he is just uh, he's kind of like a broken human being in that movie. Yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I love Lost in Translation. And there's there, I mean, there's some problematic things with it. But I think ultimately Lost in Translation is just a beautiful, perfect movie. Yeah. A apart from the problematic stuff with like racial things. Um, mm -hmm. But the uh, um, 
the uh, this is a movie that he still has some whimsy that he kind of has yes. lost since then because he's just a little jaded. Like I think he's had some some, yeah. some hard things happen in his life, especially with family and things like that. Yeah, he still has the '80s comedy charm. Yeah, yeah. He's got the like this bravado that he's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that he now he's just kind of like sliding through life and like kind of kind of has an apathy that he didn't have quite Speaking yet. Speaking of honorable mentions, do you like a very Murray Christmas? I do like a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to. And speaking of Sophia Coppola. Yeah. And that's like, that movie's all vibes. Like, it just kind of, at the end of it, they're just like, I don't know. Let's just hang out. Yeah. Oh, let's just sit let. I love Maya Rudolph in that movie. That's oh, my yeah. favorite part of that whole movie is at the very end of the credits when uh, she sounds like, <laughs> yeah. young lady. And she's <laughs> like, Maya Rudolph is just great in that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really like very Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a fun vibe that, that literally is just a bunch of people having fun. And then suddenly yeah. Phoenix is there. Like, oh, it's yeah. Miley Star. <laughs> Crazy to watch that and, and like, oh yeah, Miley Cyrus was a huge deal. Like yeah, that yeah. And Clooney. short hair. Well, I love Clooney. So great. <laughs> Santa Claus wants some loving. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, honorable Phil? mentions. Phil. Phil Connors. Ned. Yeah, I Groundhog Day just like. I'm always I'm always in the mood for Groundhog Day. That is that is my yeah. perfect winter movie because I can get a little sad with it, but it but it also but still I mean some, to feel good. So what I would say about this whole thing before we get to our honorable mentions is that um, a lot of these have themes of um, sadness that mm-hmm. we kind of uh, latch onto, and sometimes it's good again, good to push the bruise, good to to feel the pain, um, but also sometimes the like January February can be pretty sad months, like oh, yeah. it's pretty bleak. Uh, and so it is nice for a movie like Groundhog Day and some of these movies in here. Like we had a lot of bleak movies, but we do have White Christmas. We've got It's a Wonderful Life. We've got uh, there's yeah. Little Carol, Women. Um, Phantom Thread. I mean, movies that still, I mean, I think true to maybe truer to me than I would have said in my text about like, I don't, I'm a, I'm a sad guy. I don't want to do Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And then I had more Christmas movies than you because uh, we want the connection even mm-hmm. in the darkness. And I mean, Similar to most movies we like and pick and most of our uh, conversations and philosophies about life are, you know, the feeling the pain uh, is worth, makes uh, the love and the joy and the the best parts of life worth living. Um, And so I think that we summed that up. Uh, Turned out uh, this sort of weird winter movies, uh, Christmas movies podcast, I think ended up working okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's part of being human, like that it's okay to have the pain, like it's uh, yeah. to, to go to bring God into this, like the, the Bible makes a lot of space for it in ways that we don't often acknowledge, like that there's that whole book of Ecclesiastes, which is mm-hmm. just like, everything's kind of pointless or not even kind of pointless. Like the whole book is basically the same. meaningless, meaningless, everything's meaningless. It's all like, what are we even doing here? And, and then at the very end, it's just like, but maybe, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's. It is almost like Eternal Sunshine. It was like, what's the point? Yes. And then at the end, is like, but maybe. I mean, like, let's let's just keep on going. Um, and that there, our lives have space like that, but we don't often make space like that, especially in the church and especially in the stories of faith. And we feel like if people are really suffering from depression or or even like seasonal kind of frustrations or like sadness, that that's a a, a sign of weakness. But it's right. really just a sign of humanity. Like yeah. the it's part of our human experience that we have, we have seasons of life. And, and, uh, uh, I think it's okay to lean into that sometimes. It's not a, it's no lack of faith or lack of, uh, like trust that like you are feel bad sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's worse to pretend that we don't feel bad. Jesus feels bad a lot. He's sad all the time. 
It gets angry. It gets all kinds Despair. of things. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's nice. This can be a really rough season. And especially, uh, obviously, I mean, hopefully this should go without saying, but I can say it. Like, um, make sure that you have people that you can connect with. Like sometimes these movies feel like connections in, in lieu of real connections, but like stay connected to your friends. So we have the means we've learned, especially through the pandemic that we can stay connected even when we're not together. And so in some ways, maybe, maybe we can get to a point that the January, February's are less isolated than we used to be. Cause we now know how to connect with people through our screens in ways that we didn't know mm-hmm. were possible before prior to 2020. So Maybe we'll get to January, February that like if you're locked in by yourself that you still have the means to connect with people in, yeah. in ways that are not as, as good as face-to-face but better than what we used to have, which was just nothing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the kind of thing, I mean, I'm constantly reminded of this with my friends and that you always feel like you're going to burden someone else by expressing like, yeah. hey, like I'm a little lonely. Like I could use some uh, some good good quality friend time. And like, hey, can we talk or hang out? Just like, like think about when, when someone says it to you, you always want to be like, Oh, like I want to hang out with you. Like I, I love you. I want to make sure you're, you're doing okay. And so I think that's a, I always need the reminder to don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, and I think that goes uh, for everybody. Yeah. Reach out to us. If you're our friends, that's true. If you're not our friends, reach out to us anyway. You know, Jimmy and Tyler are two notoriously great uh, texters. And uh, Tyler is. Like, I don't know about Jimmy. Tyler, don't, you, don't you never text me. This. So I don't know. I stopped texting you because you don't text back. That's not true. Shorter <laughs> <laughs> question this week. Uh, what, are, what are some of your favorite winter movies? What, yeah. are, what, what did are, we miss? What did we miss? What do you not like that we had on here? Yeah. Why is White Christmas not a good movie? <laughs> you can say that. That's yeah. fine. Go watch uh, the movies we recommended and tell us about them. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, uh, and uh, when you're lonely in January, reach out because yeah. uh, we will be too. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's the biggest theme is that always reach out to people. Like if you're if you're lonely, even if you just need to call and be like, hey, I just want to talk to somebody. Like, please do that. That's especially the pandemic. We realized one, we are we have the ability to be connected, but we need connections. I think that's one of the biggest things that we missed. We missed a lot of our lives over these last two years, but the biggest thing was that sense of fellowship mm-hmm. uh, and being connected to people. And in some ways, we've learned to value that better. So I think we're better at taking care of that. But also, we can we can really easily fall into those traps again. So I'd like to form a fellowship with the bling. He, he had, uh, Tyler had the same look of disgust in his face uh, that I had when he told me uh, that he had seen Free Guy. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to watch Free Guy and you'll be like, there is literally zero Here's, here's what you're going to, there's, you're going to accidentally watch it and then you'll be like, yeah, accidentally? Fine. What do you think my life is like? I don't know. I accidentally see a lot of movies. I accidentally saw it, frankly. You had a friend who was just like, we're going to see it. And you said, I okay. did. I was like, yeah, because I like Fellowship. I'll go, I'll go see, I'll go see anything with anybody. What do you want to go see? I'll go see it. I think that, I mean, as we said, like the the biggest thing to me about these winter movies is that they they have a vibe kind of all of their own. Like this is a very and which is why I kind of liked uh, when you pushed it away from Christmas. Why I was happy to let go of the Christmas because it is a very different kind of experience. Like mm-hmm. Christmas movies really exist for one month. Like it seems weird to watch them in November unless it's like post Thanksgiving. But right. even that feels a little cheaty. And once you get past the 25th, like it really it it trails off real quick. It's like listening to Christmas music in January. Like it feels weird. And so it's it's hard to watch a Christmas movie not around Christmas. Right. And yet these winter movies kind of do have a longer lifespan, like where it, you can yeah. go from November 
through February. Through, through March. March. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, like, I don't want to watch uh, Lewin Davis in June. No. Or Carol. I, I, or I really whatever. wanted to. I started one time and then I had to stop because I was yeah. like, this doesn't make any sense. No, right. yeah. I, a few yeah. years ago when I was like, I need to rewatch this, I, I realized, like, oh, no. Like, this is that yeah. perfect uh, post-Christmas doldrums yeah. vibe. But the fact that all of our movies basically had that theme of connection, I think, is interesting. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. And, and part of, I think, even the bleak ones, like that lack of that longing for connection yeah, is, is yeah. the big theme of it mm-hmm. especially like I mean really the in the bleak midwinter of January and February nice. um, where like legitimately on the calendar there's so few holidays the yep. days are super dark yeah when you're in school I mean there's no breaks there's no breaks yep. you know, like it's really it's it's rough and like you wake up it's dark mm-hmm. you get home it's mm-hmm. dark like it is it's rough yeah and uh and it's cold especially if you live in a cold climate like it's it's just a tricky time and you kind of need to lean into um those connections that those those friendships those relationships the family um i love that yeah they despite the kind of a really broad uh array of, of of movies and stuff they all more or less kind of connected to that yeah and even like a movie like the thing which is kind of one of the outliers Part of the drama of the thing is that it's this group, this fellowship of people that can't be trusted. Like that, that's that's the, the fellowship of the thing. Yeah, the fellowship of the thing. Wait, <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody. This has been lovely. I hope you enjoyed this whole long thing. Yeah, thank you for, as always, thank you for listening to our uh, just extended monologuing about movies, mm-hmm. like seventy percent of them that only one of us had seen so probably not very many other people had seen <laughs> so thanks for hanging in there if you did it take care of yourselves everybody you're not alone you don't have to be alone so reach out go form your own fellowship of uh the thing fellowship of the thing we'll watch the thing together <laughs> all right we'll see you next time everybody bye bye